everybody. Uh, welcome to episode 100 of Together BHA. My name is Josh, and this week I'm joined by Connor. Um, hey, Connor, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good. Thank you. Uh, no pressure. Episode 100. Um, oh. <laughs> you, uh, you you volunteered for the Burnley game without knowing this was the, the big milestone, but um, it's, a, it's a big one. So welcome to the show. Uh, do you want to talk much. about your your kind of Albion origin story. Uh, you're obviously in the UK, so it's going to be a, a little bit less exotic than some of the, uh, the American and Australian fans and so on. But <laughs> where did it all begin for you? I'm sure a lot of the local people will enjoy this. So I'm Sussex born and bred, uh, lived pretty much Worthing my whole life. Um, started going to the games when I was younger. Um, uncle would just take me this back at the Whipdean. So just like, two or three games a year it wasn't really massive on like Brighton back then as I've got older and I've been able to go to the games myself picked up a season ticket at the Amex uh, been going for what last five years now it's crazy like properly going for the last five years home games away days love it I think I'm in like the top tier of the season ticket now so you know Palace way all that sort of stuff it's easy to get to so yeah, I mean, it's it's not really exciting. I think a lot of other people have got the same sort of origin. You know, it's the local team. It's better than supporting a team like United that live, you know, we're not 200 miles away. What What's the point? You don't get to go see your team. You know, it's just on TV every week. So, yeah, I think you've got to have that tie. And, you know, I really do enjoy, well, not so much at the moment, but I do enjoy supporting Brighton. Yeah, no doubt. I think away days was always my favourite. Um, before mm, I moved over here, away days was the best. Um, what was your first ever game? Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, so um, I believe it was Brighton Walsall. Uh, we lost one nil, I believe. It, oh, it wasn't no. a great game. It, it wasn't I, the I one think, I'm thinking of, is it? Yes, it is the one you're thinking of. <laughs> oh when they God. went down to nine, when they went down to nine men, and we said they lost one nil. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's unreal <laughs> and you persevered fair play to you <laughs> oh no I mean I didn't go for another three or four months after that but <laughs> oh, I think I must have been like seven at the time so <laughs> yeah I think I was seven when I went because I went to Northampton Town away in the Worthington Ooh. Cup first round which was ninety. I was 1998 so it was like, it was the League Cup but it was the Worthington Cup then and we got beat 2-1 in Northampton and it was pissing it down. And I, like you, I, I persevered as well. So <laughs> we're, we're suckers to it, I think. <laughs> I think once you get into it properly, you just can't stop, can you? No, exactly. And once you get in that, especially with like, you know, once you get into, I mean, you were there for the with Dean, so you know how it is. Like when it was that mm. smaller crowd, like you started to recognise faces game to game, like even yes, away, like yes. you, you all kind of knew each other, like conspiratorial nods. Because you know mm-hmm. what shit one. show was about to come. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're one of the lucky ones, you you manage to get a uh, seat under the shelter. If not, then have fun on a rainy day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Could be worse. So you could have been an away fan, uh, which yeah. would have oh required some uh, some binoculars. I think I felt bad for oh. them every time. <laughs> I remember uh, the city fans come down for that league cup game, um, I, and I'm, I was. Remember speaking to a couple when they came down to the Amex for the first game, and they were like, "Of course, this is all right. It's better than when we went back in. Was it 2008, and we won on uh, penalties in the League yeah. Cup?" And they were like, "Yeah, did they did not enjoy the Whipdean? It was very uh, surreal to them going down to the old Whipdean." Yeah, yeah, it was. Stadium. I remember when I had Gus on the show. I don't know if you listened to that one, but he said the same thing. Like he loved the Amex, but I mean, everybody loves the Amex, but. There was something about the with Dean that made it so difficult for people to come down and play in it that it's really like it's part of the reason I think we still did so well despite yes everything yeah. else going on. <laughs> well, I can't remember who said it. I know someone linked with Brighton. Um, it was like going. They said it was like going to Austria, like third division pre-season friendly. It was you know <laughs> it's that sort of ground, and you, you know. And to be honest with you, sometimes I do wish we were still at the with Dean. I think the Amex now, well, not so much when we were back in the championship, but now it's become more, well, it's Premier League now, it's more about like getting fans in that don't come before. You can tell the atmosphere is not the same. I'm not too sure why, because 
it's nothing to do with the stadium itself because I'm thinking last season of the championship, it was it was fantastic. I remember the uh, Sheffield Wednesday game, um, the Wigan game where we got promoted, even the uh, Bristol City game. Uh, I know we lost in the end, but that that it was just cracking atmosphere. I remember you know South Stand joining in West Stand, even the East Upper, which you just do not see these days. So it is a real shame, but it is what it is, isn't it? It's what happens when you go up to the Premier League. Yeah, it's the price you pay, I think, for mm. all the success that we get. Because, um, I mean, I'm sure, like you, if you'd have been told when you first went to that Walsall game that, you know, in 10, 15 years, you'd be in the Premier League, you'd have took it every time. And Oh, yes, of course. That, the, it, but it is a sacrifice we've made, because I agree with you. Like, my best memories are definitely, like, you know, Stockport away and like stuff like that. <laughs> like, however stupid it is. Yeah, like, town away. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those games will always sit in the memory as just mad ones, you know. Um, so, yeah, I get it. Uh, well, good, good. I mean, I think, like you said, I think a lot of the locals will have the same sort of origin story, but mm. there's nothing wrong with that. I, I mean, local fans are what the lifeblood of the club, right? Like, you're the reason. And, and you know, all of us go into those stupid games away and home in all those, like, crappy areas are the reasons the club's still here, mm. so... I mean, I remember seeing something on Twitter and um, apparently if every single football fan in the UK supported their local team, Brighton would be the most supported team in the UK. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't surprise me because when you look at the map, like the nearest team to us is what, Bournemouth? And they're miles away. I'm not sure if they included Crawley, actually. Oh, if they did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because the nearest one to us would be Portsmouth, Crawley. Um, and then obviously going up to sort of like Palace and that. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. Unfortunately, you know, because we were shit for the last sort of <laughs> 25 years or so, you know, it's, it's it's a shame. But we're slowly getting the fan base back up. I mean, I've still got like 8,000 people on the waiting list. So I'm not sure we'll have 8,000 people on the waiting list when we get back. But Yeah, agreed. <laughs> oh. So this week, uh, there's only really been one big talking point, and I think you're well aware of what it was because we just mentioned it before we put it on record, and that was the Mopai incident and Matt Ru- basically team selection for last week against uh, against West Brom. Um, Neil Mopai dropped entirely from the squad. Aaron Connolly dropped entirely from the squad. And Matty Ryan on the bench um, for Sanchez to make his debut against Tottenham away, which is <laughs> a bit of a baptism of fire. Um, what did you make of that when you saw all that come out? Uh, well, we, we 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 didn't know anything before, did we? There was no indication nope. <laughs> of a uh, tiff, as I like to call it, with uh, Mopay, uh, Ryan, Connolly, any of those. We had no indication that they were going to get dropped. I saw the team lineup come out. I saw Sanchez and goal straight away. I'm thinking, what? So I sort of flickered down the uh, team lineup. No Mopay. I'm thinking, okay, um, who's our striker? Um, Looked on the bench, Welbeck Zakiri. I'm thinking, where's Connolly? Where's Mope? Mope's not even on the bench. I had a lot of questions going through my mind. And I think um, a lot of people would have just looked in the comments on that tweet and you could just see the disbelief, a lot of anger. Many people probably not going to bother watching the game, is what I saw. But I, I don't know. It, it's a strange one. Obviously, Naylor. It's come out, Argus has come out as well and said that, um, uh, and Potter eventually come out and said that um, there's an incident and um, Mope, obviously, he's reacted well to it. He's training, obviously, played um, in the Burnley game. But I don't know what to make of it. Is it is it a good thing? I, I personally think it's a good thing. I know that sounds mental, but personally, I think that if there is arguments about the game, then I think that just shows that they're not happy with the results we're getting, if that makes sense. And they shouldn't be happy with the results we're getting. I don't think anyone can disagree that the performances have been good bar 45 minutes at West Brom. But there's so much for possession attacking football that needs to translate into points. What, 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 what do you make of that? Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think, And I think it also leans into the idea of... Uh, it, it has to be a good thing for me too because Potter has shown that 
you know, he's one of those, like, he's got that emotional intelligence, like, qualification and all that kind of stuff. But, like, it doesn't really matter for much if you don't act upon it. And he's shown multiple times now with Andone and now with Mopai, you know, whatever it was that happened, um, he's not standing for any shit, basically. He's going to, you know, he's he's obviously a nice bloke and he gets a little bit of criticism, I think, from some fans for being Mr. Nice and Mr. Boring, but he clearly ain't that nice because he's, you know, he dropped Mopai, our top scorer from the squad, without a, without a blink of an eye um, for whatever happened. So I think, like you, I think that was a good thing. And and I agree with you again. Like if if they're getting annoyed and they're getting aggy in training, it it probably is boiling up from the frustration of the fact that we just can't put the ball in the net, which is all we're missing. Um, my first thought was they had COVID. Honestly, just really? to be yeah, to just to be dropped like that out of nowhere. I thought, oh, I wonder if they you know got a positive test back yesterday and Mopai. Ryan and Connolly were probably working pretty closely together, shooting practice or whatever. And I thought, oh, I wonder if those three have been, you know, left out for that reason. But once it all came out, obviously, it wasn't accurate or it had been a, a, a tiff or a scrap or whatever had gone on. I think it's interesting because I believe the Daily Mail came out and said something about my page ego getting too big for the team. Yeah. And I mean, uh, we can only say, we can only take what the uh, Daily Mail say with a pinch of salt. Obviously, um, I know, I think it was the same newspaper back in lockdown that Brighton made them write an apology. I'm not, I can't quite remember what that was about, but, you know, maybe his ego is a bit big. You know, he is supposedly our star striker, but for all, is it, is it four goals he scored this season yeah. so far? Yeah. Two penalties. Um, a tap in against Everton, which should never have been a goal. Yep. And a decent finish against Newcastle. How many chances does he miss? Yeah. You know, um, and I, I just, I, I, I wasn't, I was surprised to see that he had been dropped, but I wasn't at the same time because we looked at that um, West Brom game. He missed uh, a good chance there. Obviously, Palace, I don't know why he cut in with his left foot. Um you know, and it's just chance after chance after chance that we keep missing. And it's not all Mopay's fault. You know, it's not all his fault, but he is our striker. He is the, you know, talisman. And he should be doing better in front of goal for £20 million. Pounds. Yeah, That's, I agree that, with that you. That is my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that it was, a, and we'll get onto it with the game coming up, but it was, a, I felt mm. he was playing a different role this weekend. Um it was almost like he was in the Trossard role this weekend and Welbeck was in his role, like that kind of more forward-thinking player. And if you look at the heat maps, it shows that Mopai was not in the box anywhere near as often as he was in previous games. And I thought he linked up the play really well. But again, even against Burnley, I think there was one or two opportunities where I was just like screaming for shoot, like shoot the ball, like hit it. But and then Welbeck did and and Pope ended up pulling off a great save. So it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Talking of talisman, uh, are you playing Fantasy Premier League this year? I am indeed. Are you in our, uh, the Together BHA League as well? I'm not. <laughs> oh, are you not? <laughs> I'm not. Um, how are you doing in Premier League of... this year? Um, you know what? I'm going to have a quick look. Um, average is what I'd say. Um, I don't think I've done too well this week. Oh my god! Uh, so this week I have a total of twelve points. Oh my! I know. Word. It, I know. It's just updated. Thirty-three points. That's uh, with Kane, uh, captain, and everything. Um, overall for the season, I'm sitting on three hundred and ninety-five. So it's it's not awful. It's not great either. Um, I'll let you know which strikers I've got in at the moment. Uh, Kane, Calvert-Lewin and Ings, who's obviously just got injured and I've yeah. got to swap him out, which is a pain. But how about yourself? What have you got? How many points are you doing? I'm doing very well, actually. <laughs> For the first time in a oh, good no. few years, I'm on 508 <laughs> points altogether. Christ, and that's really good. Yeah, I'm pushing for top 10k for the first time in about 10 years, I think. Because usually I'm crap. Um, yeah, I'll send you the code. Uh, for yeah, the cool. for the together league because there is a prize at the end if you win it. So 
Oh, I don't think we'll be anywhere near that now. <laughs> no, looking at it, it looks like you'll be about in the 40s. So there's still room, still plenty of room to catch up. Um, still uh, many game weeks to play, isn't there? <laughs> exactly. Marathon, not a sprint. I'll probably uh, I'll probably do my patent, patented collapse at some point, which, <laughs> <laughs> which tends to happen sooner than now, but it will come. Um, so Burnley <laughs> at home. Uh, for me, this was close to a must win. Um, we had, you know, we had failed to convert chances that we should have and then gave away the lead we had against West Brom. And we were all together pretty unlucky, which seems to be the, the story of the season um, against Spurs. So I felt that this one was was getting close to, to must-win territory. Um, how were you feeling coming into this? It, You know, Potter had said that Mopai had wrapped up his situation. Everything was good. For the most part, everybody was fit, bar and Solly, uh, and you know, Izquierdo is still on his way back. But how were you feeling coming into this? Did you feel the same way, or were you a little bit more relaxed? Um, I mean, to be honest with you, I've slowly am losing the interest in football. I know that sounds okay. mental, okay, but uh, obviously with pay per view and everything, I've, I've obviously I've watched the game legally. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, watch the game. I mean, uh, coming into it, I, I don't like to uh, go around saying, oh, we've got a must-win Burnley, because that is just, you know, we're Brighton fans. That's just setting it up for disappointment, really. I mean, realistically, when was the last time we beat Burnley at home? I know we did them away last game of the season, but um, Burnley's always been a bogey team for us. I knew we were going to struggle. Um, I mean, I, I looked at the lineup again, and I, I want to get your thoughts on this, actually. Do you think Sanchez should have been dropped again? Or do you think he should have kept his place? Good question. For me, it depends on the real reason behind Ryan being dropped. I think if Ryan was dropped because he had that scrap with Mopai and he was the one that had the tiff, I can understand him bringing him back. If it was mm. performance-based, I can't. Because Sanchez did little to like, little to nothing wrong against Spurs and he was given his first game against Spurs and whatever whatever the real reason was Potter's lying as to what like his his official thing is a lie like total lie like him saying that he's played you know all these games over the last three or four years to give him a one week rest when he's just about to go on international break anyway like it's just utter nonsense to me there was obviously another reason for it um so it, I think, yeah, I think it depends for me. Like if if it was performance-based, no, I don't think he should have lost his place. Um, but if it was to send a message to Matty in the same way it was to Neil, then I can understand why he brought him back. Um, but I was surprised to then see Sanchez not even in the squad. Yeah, he's not even on the bench, was he? No, which is the, the weirdest message to send. <laughs> like, why did you, what, what? Like, I just couldn't understand that. It is, it... Sometimes I do look at Potter and I think, what is going on in your head? You know, if, if Sanchez picked up a knock in training, then fair enough. But you don't bring in, you know, nobody expected Sanchez to make a bench this year, let alone the starting eleven against Tottenham. You know, it's his first game. He's made his full Premier League debut. I think he was pretty good. I thought he looked very comfortable. You know, there was nothing he could have done about the penalty, nothing he could have done about the bail goal. You know, he actually got very close to that bail goal. And I don't think Matty Ryan would have got anywhere near that. Um, you know, and just to drop him completely out of the squad for Matty Ryan again just seems what a way to knock a young man's confidence. You know, um, I, I, I didn't really think Sanchez did much wrong. I think he's a better distributor of the ball looking at him. And I think he's more, he's got more of a presence because he's obviously a lot taller when it comes to crossing. So obviously he comes out, he grabs across. Obviously it's only one 90-minute game. But I, I, I really couldn't understand that. And I think a lot of people on Twitter agreed. I think, you know, Sanchez should have kept his place. But it, I don't know really with this whole Matty Ryan situation. It's, it's just a really strange situation, isn't it? Yeah, and like that's the thing. Like he, he hadn't done anything wrong like against Tottenham. He had, you know, he played well and... I'd heard on the grapevine that he was just unwell. Like they just, he just wasn't quite well. It wasn't COVID related. It just wasn't quite well. So they weren't going to risk him on the, in the right. squad. But 
when I posted that, Naylor was like on me like a fly on shit and was like, no, he's <laughs> he's out there warming up. So I asked him like, well, why do you think that was then? And he just didn't respond to me. Classic Naylor. Um, but like, if it's true <laughs> that he wasn't well, then I can understand that. But again, like Potter didn't give any kind of information, which is classic Brighton anyway. They were the same way under Hewton and they're the same way under yeah, everyone, yeah. I think. But it was a strange one. And I think it's going to be interesting come Villa away what that goalkeeper situation looks like. Because if Sanchez comes back on the bench, then I think there's a little bit more weight to him being on well this week. But if he's not even on the bench again, then what was that all about in the first place? It's all very yeah. strange. I think another thing as well is we put um, uh, Zickery, I can't say his name. I don't know if you can pronounce that guy's name. Yeah, I, I say Zakiri in the same way I say Shakiri. Like that's how I yeah, do okay. it. But I, I haven't heard him actually. Nem- like we'll find out on the day. I think when he actually plays <laughs> and how many different versions the commentators go through. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, this is uh, Zakiri. There you go, Zakiri. Paul Merson's going to have a field day with that one. Yeah. Um, you know, field uh, Paul. Um, no, he. Apparently in training, he's been doing really well. He's uh, really impressed Potter. He was in the uh, bench for the Tottenham game. Obviously, he didn't make it on. That's probably well Beck was in front of him. And then he was just dropped out of the match day squad again. It just seems... So I think there's something with Connolly there. I don't think... I think something's happened with Connolly as well. But he hasn't mentioned anything, has he? It's such a strange one. I don't know if Naylor or the Argus have come out of anything recently, but... It just seems, it's just so strange. I just cannot get my head around it. Yeah, no, not that I've seen. I've not seen anything either, but I know Aaron has had a couple of moments in he on Instagram, like deleting all his bright and stuff on Instagram at one point and just having a couple of tantrums here and there over the last year or so. So I think he's a very uh, emotional lad, which is fine. Mm. But I think when you're playing with a bunch of other emotional lads like Mopai and Trossard, who definitely looks like the kind of lad who gets kicked off as well, um yeah it was it was one of those things when i first saw trossard not in the squad i about flipped my shit too i was like really like <laughs> really until i heard he got an injury i was getting i was agitated about that decision yeah so that's a uh, groin injury isn't it yeah again um i think that was what was the problem last year that took him out for a yeah, couple yeah. of weeks so took him out of the belgian team twice didn't it yep um so the game itself for for all of the like for the score, it doesn't feel like it should have been a nil-nil for me at all. Like after watching it, um, there should have. I was super frustrated. I posted on Twitter at some point. At one point, you know, like I feel like we should be four up by now. Um, but we started Welbeck. I thought he played very well, um, and I think he definitely offers that different dimension. Do you think that we should continue with uh, like a Mopai Welbeck option or? When Trossard comes back in, I think that Welbeck's played well enough to keep his place. Do you think that we drop Mopai or do you think that we go differently for this? How do you, how do you think that we line up after this game with Trossard coming back if he comes back fit? I think you're right. I think Trossard is, on his day, he's one of our better players. Uh, as, as we've seen this year, he's really come into... Uh, a league of his own when it you know especially that United game very unlucky so unlucky to hit the bar the post all, all, all the different places <laughs> of the woodwork in one game um, but the, the issue with Trossard I find is if he's not on it then he's useless you, you wouldn't even know he was there uh, he, he didn't do much against Palace he didn't do um, he did play the West Brom game I don't remember him doing much against uh, West Brom Obviously, Spurs game was much more difficult. He was up front by himself. And I don't think he did too badly, actually. But again, he wasn't really the, you know, the game-changing player that he shows he can be. Uh, I think Welbeck had a really good game. Uh, I know he didn't score his chance against Pope, but I think Pope made a really good save. Um, uh, Right at the beginning... uh, Nice ball from Gross. Uh, obviously, Ben Mee slipped over. Welbeck's got in behind, cut it back to uh, Lamptey. You know, he's shown he's got quality. And I think that the trio of uh, Mopay, Welbeck, Lalana really linked up well in the first half. 
And I think it worked very well. And I think we were unlucky not to get a goal in the first half. The second half, though, I mean, I, I know your questions about how we line up and all, but I think uh, teams are going to find us out very, very quickly. Uh, we needed, I think we needed to bring on someone like Connolly earlier to stretch the uh, back line. You know, we, we know Burnley are going to sit in a solid two banks of four. It's going to be hard to get past. We needed someone to, you know, run the lines, open up the space in the uh, defence. Um, but to be honest with you, if, if I had it my way, I'd probably have a trio of Trossard, Lalana, and Welbeck. I don't think Mopé's done enough to solidify his place, you know. Um, even uh, uh, even in the Burnley game, sometimes he seems a bit lost on what he wants to do, what sort of chance he wants to create. He doesn't know if he's going to shoot, if he's going to pass. I remember Lalana was screaming at him because he didn't cut it back to Lanty and he went for the shot. But if you remember back at the Palace game, people were screaming at him because he didn't shoot first time. Yeah. You know, I'm not... <laughs> yeah. It, 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 you know, as you said, it, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. But it, he needs to sort his act out. Otherwise, when Trossard comes back, if Connolly, um, Zakiri, obviously Welbeck, if they all start impressing and training and Mopé doesn't, then he could be put into the bench and he could be excluded from the squad. Yeah. And that could be a, that could be a genuine tactical decision. He hasn't done enough to solidify his £20 million price tag. And if he doesn't sort his form out and doesn't sort his um, goal scoring out, then I really can see him getting dropped. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think if people continue to, you know, push on and, and look good enough, you've got, and if they, it's one thing if they don't convert either, I think, right? Like, I think if you get Welbeck in there and he misses two or three more chances, like he, like the Pope saved this time, because there's not always going to be a goalkeeper that good on the other end. Um, mm-hmm. Then, you know, you can, you can kind of look back and say, well, it isn't just Neil, it's, it's all of them. But mm-hmm. as of right now, like Welbeck looked pretty dangerous this weekend. Uh, let's talk about Ben White, because there was a lot of hoo-ha of him over the summer. Obviously it was like the biggest transfer yeah, yeah. saga that didn't end up doing anything. Thankfully um, played in, <laughs> played in a back three again this week. Do you do you prefer him as a centre half or a central defensive midfielder? Because he's played a couple of games in both now. What's your what do you prefer uh, to see him in? And, and general, just overall thoughts of of you know his first eight or so games for the Albion. Um, I think people have got to remember that he's still quite young and he's still adapting to the Premier League. And I don't think switching him between a midfield role and a um, centre-back role is going to do him any good. And I think this goes back to Potter not knowing his best 11. He's been here a year and a half now, still doesn't know his best 11. And I do think that hinders us. But in terms of coming into midfield um, in the previous games, I think he's been pretty solid. I thought he was very good against Palace. I thought he was pretty good against uh, West Brom as well. Um you know, we know what he's about. He's a ball-playing centre-half normally. Um, I remember Leeds fans saying that he wasn't too great in that um, midfield role. But in all honesty, I'd probably say he's been better in that midfield role for us recently. I think his first few games at the back, I remember, um, you know, uh, the United game, he looked all over the place at times. Uh, Everton, uh, he missed his header at the back post for Calvert-Lewin. Um uh, the Chelsea game as well, he's still uh, adapting. So it's going to take him time. I think people need to give him a bit more time because I've seen a bit of, um, it's, it's mainly the older fans as well who are saying that he's um, struggled more than I think. Um, I think they're saying he struggled more than he actually has. I don't, I don't know. I, I, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think he's better in a midfield or a centre-half role? I think he played better in a centre half role this week, being the middle centre half. Because quite often, like since we've since he was in the back three, it was Dunk in the middle, weren't it? And then Webster yeah, yeah. and White either side of him. I think White looked mm-hmm. a lot better in the middle. And for most games, I think we're only going to need one, you know, holding midfielder or like you know that kind of quarterback midfielder. Yeah. yeah. And. I think Bisuma does that job 800 times better. I thought Bisuma was yeah, outstanding yeah. this week. 
And I think if yes, you have to pick yes. between the two, like I think Bissouma is going to play over White every week in that role. And now we've got Lalana, and Gross is coming back into the fold. I think the way Bissouma played this weekend enabled Gross to play the like almost same as Trossard, like how you were talking about him. Like if he's not on it, he's just invisible. Like that luxury player stuff. I think Gross has been allowed to play that luxury player role because Bissouma is so good in the role mm-hmm. he's in. Yeah. But then when Dunk comes back, like Dunk is that central center back. So <laughs> like, I'm not sure what to do with Ben White in terms of, I'm not sure, honestly, like I think he played, I think he played his best game at center half this week. Um, and he, and he didn't have an easy time of it with Wood and Barnes. Like that's a horrible yeah. front two to deal with, but it was, it was his best week. And, and that central role is, was key for it. I think, um, I think honestly, like Webster is probably the weak link out of the three from this week. I thought Veltman was very good as well. In fact, Veltman's yeah, impressed he me since he's came in. He's obviously it's very good business, wasn't it? Nine hundred thousand from um, Ajax. Very good business from the recruitment. Yeah, and his will it like his willingness to carry the ball forward. He's quick too. Like <laughs> he's yeah, deceptively he fast for a centre half. <laughs> Um, I think he gives Lamptey that that license to go even further forward too, because you know he's going to be able to trap back comfortably. Um, mm. But for White, yeah, like I'm happy with him. I think he's played pretty well for the most part. But like I would prefer to see him as a centre back because I don't think we need him in midfield with Basuma doing that. No, role. see, I I do agree with you. I I, I do prefer him in a um, centre back role. Do you think we're better in a back four or a back five? I think we're better in a back five if we have a better left wing back than Dan Byrne. Personally. Okay, that, that, that's that's fair. I think we'll get on to Dan Byrne in a bit. Obviously, yeah. Solly March has been... Oh, he's, he's really impressed me. I think I put out a tweet um, a couple of months ago before we started. I said I'd like to see Solly March in the left wing back role. And I had a lot of comments saying, oh, no, 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 we need a new left back. I think I've been proved right this time. I agree. <laughs> I think he's really done well. <laughs> I think he's, um, I say him, Lamptey, uh, Basuma, uh, Lalana have probably been our best players this year. And I think the others really do need to step their game up if we're going to, you know, it's all about this fine margins and that. It's, it's all about being more clinical. And, you know, watching, oh, I've just quickly gone to Lalana, watching Lalana this week and the previous weeks, we are so lucky to have a player of that ability. And it's, you know, a lot of people doubted it before. Obviously, he's got an injury record, but keep him fit. And he is head and shoulders our most gifted player there, like with the ball, you know, technically gifted, you know. And it really is down to Potter and the players to really get their levels up to Lalanda's standards. And I and I think that's pretty fair, if you ask me. Yeah, I for me, he was my man of the match this week, comfortably. Yeah. I see he won the vote as well, as he should have. Um, yeah. I thought he was just superb. Like, he was just excellent. He And he got a full 90 minutes in as well, which is major. Because um, when we got when we took him off against West Brom, we looked like a different team, for the worst. Oh, that was a strange <laughs> decision, wasn't it? Like, I have to assume it was like if it was tactical, it was a terrible one. And I know I sh- I said it on that show. That was the first week where I I said I think Potter got every single decision he could have made wrong from from the team sheet to the to the final sub. Mm-hmm. Um, but un- unless Lalana was just gassed, like then I can get it. But he didn't look it. Uh, <laughs> like I think um, in a press conference, uh, Potter said he thinks he made a mistake there. I think they said was that a tactical, and he was like we were managing him. And then uh, I don't think he came out and said that he was wrong. But uh, obviously, we've seen Spurs. He played the full 90. He's played the full 90 this week. So he's, his fitness levels are up. They obviously just want to be very careful of him. Obviously, he's got an injury record, unfortunately. So just a case of making sure he keeps fit. But yeah, yeah that was a very strange decision, taking him off after 60 minutes. And you saw how much that affected us. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think it was, I could understand managing him. Like you said, like that injury record is worrying, um, especially mm-hmm. when you see how good he is when he does play. Mm-hmm. So 
I would rather have 60 minutes of Lalana five games than than two 90 minutes and three none. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we've got to find a way to adapt if we're going to take him off because we would we would dog against West Brom when we took him off. Oh, we were awful. And I I think I agree with you. I wanted to see Solly have a go there again. Um, I remember uh, saying th- about this time last year, actually, which is funny because Solly is now injured. Um, just before he got hurt this time last year, I was saying he is a on like a underdog pick for an England position because he started mm. a left wing back role last year in the similar fa- similar fashion. And then he got hurt and he never really came back to what he used to be um, because Burns started off in that role so well. But he's, I think he, the only thing with, with Solly is his final decision. And I think that that's every, everybody can feel the same frustration as I do with Solly in that, that final decision he makes in the Premier League is not quite there. And I'm wondering if he'll ever get there with it at this point. Um Dan Byrne has replaced him pretty well, but what do you? I know you wanted to get onto Dan Byrne, so yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on Byrne? I I, I mean, since he came in, uh, what was it two years ago now? Well, two seasons ago. Obviously, come back from loan, played in the FA Cup as a centre half. He looks really solid. I mean, if you watch those games, uh, you'd think he would be pushing for a spot for Duncan Duffy. Obviously, he never quite got there. Uh, Potter saw what he's got in him. Left-sided player, good with the ball, very obviously very tall. Um, you know, he's a decent aerial threat. I don't think he's as good as people make him out to be. I, I you know, um, but as a, as far as a left back, he's he, he he wasn't bad against Burnley. Don't get me wrong, but I think he limits us when we're going forward. You know, it really surprised me that we were. It seemed that everything was going down the left-hand side of the field against Burnley in that second half. I don't really remember Lamptey bolting up the line too much. I don't know if that's because he was gassed or whatever, but I don't think he was. It just seemed that Byrne was constantly making runs in behind and putting crap balls into the box. It's another way to put it. He's not a crosser of the ball. I remember uh, Lalana, really good piece of skill, lobs it over the uh, fullback, and then Dan Byrne just disgusting <laughs> white. I'm thinking, oh, that that just epitomises Brian at the moment. But um, no, I mean, he, he had a good shot as well in the first half, didn't he? That wasn't too far away from going in. I don't yeah. know, I suppose you remember that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, no, I'd like to see, I, I think he's a better left back than Bernardo. I'll give him that. But, yeah, I would agree with you there. Um, I, you know, the sooner Solly gets back or the uh, Polish kid, if we can get him back in January for a bit of competition, I think the better. I'm not quite sure what's happened to Bernardo. He's not the same player as he was when we first got him. You know, he see, you know, when we first got Bernardo, really, really good going down that left hand side. Obviously, anything's better than Bong, so that was an upgrade. Um, but no, recently he's really, really struggled. Just seeing him come on, um, was it was it the Spurs game he came on? It was. Uh, it? Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, you, you could tell he, there's something not right with him. He's not, uh, he's not got that sharpness at all. He really struggled. You could just tell his first touch was off. Um, his passing wasn't quite to the standard as you know it ha- well has been before. So you know it is a shame with Bernardo. I, I think he's got the potential to be a fullback, but he's had a year and a half to work with Potter and Potter obviously doesn't rate him because otherwise he'd be in that starting team and I don't really remember him getting a good go in the team maybe that's what he needs is a good run in the team but if Potter's not giving it to him then obviously he's not impressing him yeah and and with the games that the way they are in the Premier League it's almost like how can you give someone a run of games Mm. to hopefully get him up there when you know that Dan Burns going to give you a six out of ten performance every week. Yeah, like is is it worth the payoff to risk two three out of ten performances that cost us points for him to eventually get up to sevens? Like that's like it's a tough decision that's to it. make, and I think Potter is taking the safe side on that one. But we are so lopsided. 
like with Lamptey and Burn, because Lamptey is so dynamic and Burn is so yeah. not. <laughs> like you said, like his delivery of the ball is is poor at the best of times. I remember that bit of skill you were talking about with Lalana was yeah. just jaw <laughs> dropping, man. Like it was unreal. And then for Burn to just absolutely horse it, like not even close, was just outrageous. I was sat watching it uh, with my mate, and we were just uh, we we were just. We, we just couldn't believe it we were just sat there like this is the level of Brighton quality in the midfield just give it to Dan Burton and just absolutely smacks it into the stands but um, <laughs> you know uh, as I said I can't really have a go at Dan Burton too much because I don't think he was awful I don't think it's his fault you know he's not a left back he's not a left wing back so how can you expect him to play like a left wing back yeah I agree um I honestly think we've probably covered every single player in the starting 11 uh, here, yep. barring one man, um, and that is Pascal Gross. We have mm-hmm. spent a year and a half probably with him as our best player under Hutton. And under Potter, he seemed to have just totally lost it, lost his space, lost everything about he, what he was doing. He just he almost went down the same kind of road as Bernardo. But it looks like, say it quietly, he may well have found a position for him to excel in, um, playing kind of next to Basuma in this in this kind of dictator role, um, mm-hmm. with Lalana being more of that forward player. He's doing this at the expense of Alzate, proper, McAllister. How do you feel about the Pascal Gross situation? For me, I love him. I'm a big fan of Pascal Gross, honestly. Like I love the guy. Um, and I'm I'm very happy to see him back. I still think he's our best set piece player by far. Um, although it's not going to be much use if you keep playing short corners. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm happy to see him back, and I think he's I think he's looking very dangerous in the role he's in. But I do worry about his total lack of pace when it comes to a game that's going to be more end to end. What are your what are your thoughts on the Pascal Gross situation in terms of him in this new role and then you know the people he's keeping out? I think we need to be very careful because there's a lot of fans that love him and there's a lot of fans that hate him. And I think me and you are gonna have a bit of a disagreement here. <laughs> <laughs> um obviously Gross was fantastic in that first season, obviously player of the season for obvious reasons. He was absolutely quality behind Murray. Transition. I, I mean, you, you say he was good under Hugh, and I don't think he was. He was good in the first season. Second season, as soon as we switched up to a 4 3 3, he was absolutely dog. And I don't know if you agree with that. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. Him, they, he pulled him back, didn't he, into more of a flat yeah, three, and like, he was just yeah. terrible. He was more of a deep line playmaker, wasn't he? That, that allowed Proper to go forward more. Obviously, Stevens as a whole, well, I'm so glad we don't have to talk about Stevens anymore. Um, <laughs> we can't even talk about him on the other team because he didn't even play. <laughs> no, no, he was he even on the bench. <laughs> no, apparently he was sick. He uh, he'd oh, like right, been okay. really ill, so uh, he was not even. He didn't even travel with him. I, again, I don't think it was Corona. I think he was just ill. Nah. Like he just had illness. I, I see. It is a tough one with Gross because I think he does. He has something that obviously a lot of players we have don't. It's probably our best set piece taker. I think you're right. Obviously, when we're playing it short, doesn't matter at all. So we could just scratch that one off at the moment. Um, it, it depends what sort of role he's going to play him in because obviously we we lined up. What was it more like a five three two? I'd like to call it. So you had Basuma, yeah. Gross on the right, Alana on the left, and then you had the front two of uh, Welbeck and Mope. That would probably be fine because, in all fairness to Lalana. He does cover ground really well. And I think he showed that with um, in that United game as well. Because it was him and Alzate as like the two sort of holding, well, not holding midfielders, but it's the two central midfielders when Basuma was out. And to be fair to them, they both played really well. Um, I, if we're going to play Gross, personally, I'd prefer to see him in a number 10 role behind the two strikers. Maybe drop Lalana a bit deeper with Basuma. I don't think him on the right-hand side covering ground is what we want because um, he's going to be, you know, defending in the transition and that's not going to work as well. 
he's slow, doesn't have the pace for it. And I mean, if you can remember, he doesn't really like getting stuck in with challenges. He just he, he covers a lot of ground, but he doesn't really, you know, he doesn't get stuck in as much as Basuma or Alzati does. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. It is, ain't it? Because he's one of those, and I've got a couple of people in a WhatsApp group that uh, are a little older, and they they have this very strong feeling that stats don't tell the whole story all the time. Like, they are very anti-stat. Um, and Pascal Gross, for me, like, I love him. Like, absolutely. Like, absolutely pin my thoughts to the mask. Like, he's the guy. I love him a lot. But he is such... An example, great example of stats not telling the whole story. Because against Burnley, he had the most final third passes completed, most crosses attempted, joint most chances created, and yet at the same time, like I like I can agree with you on the fact that like he still doesn't cover his ground very well. He's still not defending very well. Like he's still like there are still a lot of times in that game where you think, where is he? So it's like sure, like the stats may show that he's doing well, but he doesn't pass the eye test a lot of the time. And that's just as important, isn't it, I think? Yeah, yeah, you, you, you're 100% right. And you, you're one of his biggest fans as well. So, <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're noticing that, then obviously a lot of his critics are noticing that as well. Um, I, I think he needs time to adapt, really, doesn't he? You know, he's, he's got to get a bit of a run of form in the game, in the team even, play some games, and hopefully we will start to see the Pascal Gross of seventeen eighteen, but personally, I don't think we're going to see it. <laughs> no, I think I think if we're going to see it, we've got to have other people cover for him, and I think that's also yes. a problem. Um, like I said at the start, I think he is a luxury player. However much I like him, um, I I really 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 liked that midfield three of Bissouma, Lalana, and Alzate against United. Um, yeah. I thought it looked dynamic. It looked progressive. It looked like everything we wanted to see. And yet Alzate hasn't played since, I don't think. And that's I think the issue with Alzate was um, he's come back from Colombia um, National and he wasn't quite fit. But, you know, he's playing football week in, week out. He should be fit. I, I, it's yeah. a strange one. I don't and think he's Alzate... Young. It's yeah, not he's like young, he's you know. it's not like he's Lalana or like you know like one at like 33, 34. Like it doesn't need to be managed. <laughs> like it's a twenty two, twenty three year old. I can understand if he's just played the game on the Wednesday, got a flight back on the Thursday, you know, and we got a game on the Saturday. Yeah, probably put him down to the bench, but you know, not to to put give him you know twenty minutes against West Brom. You know, it wasn't. It's it's not enough and. You know, you're just destroying any kind of form slash confidence that he had going into that last international break because against United, he was absolutely class and he is very gifted with the ball. You know, he holds the ball really well. He, he's, you know, he gets hold of possession really well, distributes it very well. You know, um, he can carry the ball far as well. He's a very good ball carrier, uh, sort of like... Um, I know he's not a great example, but an Awobi, um, he, he he's known for carrying the ball quickly. But um, you know, he he needs to get another run of form in the team. And who do you drop him for? I mean, I think it's got to be Pascal Gross, right? Like he's mm, he's yeah, going to be able to do more yeah. work. And you can't drop Basuma or Lalana at this point; they're too important. And I think the two strikers playing at this point, whether it's Welbeck and Mo, Mopai, Welbeck and Trossard, Mopai and Trossard, mm-hmm. whatever. I think it's too. There's too much good coming out of that to, to you know, sacrifice a, a striker yep. spot. We don't have enough strikers that it is. We need to, we need to be playing them. Um, but yeah, and then at the same time, you've got, you know, McAllister sitting on the bench that mm-hmm. he showed great promise at the beginning and hasn't really done a great lot since. Um, I thought he looked really good in the FA Cup or League Cup rather, but he hasn't really done much since then other than the goal, of course. Um but yeah, like it's a weird one to see so much potential talent on the bench and none of them really filling it. I think the issue is with our squad right now is we don't have a strongest 11. And what I mean by that is our strongest 11 is just as good as our bench. And I think we saw that in the FA Cup um, a couple of years ago under Hewton, 
a back line, uh, you know, with Bruno, um, Balogun, oh God, um, who's the other one I'm trying to think of? Burn and uh, Bernardo, Bong, you know, they're just as good as the uh, back four in the Premier League, you know, and that's where the issue is, is because it's it's trying to find room in the starting eleven for all these plays that are good, but they are as good as each other, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, you've got a, you've got a, kind of that same like out of ten stuff. You've got a team full of six. You've got an entire squad of six out of ten players, and you haven't got the good is you haven't got many three out of tens, but you also ain't got many nines. Like we haven't got That's like a issue. player that can change. And I think Burnley suffer from the same problem actually. Yeah, I think they have the exact yep. same issue as we do, and that's probably why they're down where we are. Um, same as a lot of the teams around us, really. If you look at them, I think that what you've just said is it's pretty much blanket. You could blanket that blanket that across Fulham, across West Brom, across Burnley, um, even across Leeds. Uh, you know, they're doing obviously a little bit better with yep. a couple more points on the board, but they're so defensively frail whenever I watch them that, yep. you know, I feel like they're one or two results away from going on a really poor run. And for all of the, the bragging they were doing, they're still only one place above us now. <laughs> um, I think they've already hit their really poor form. You know, four yeah. one against Leicester, four one against Palace. Yeah, there's yeah, they're you starting know, to get undone they're in trouble. pretty poorly. Yeah. They're in trouble. Final question. I'd love to see it. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I really do. <laughs> I saw the uh so the, the game yesterday was at ten AM my time and I was going out anyway, yeah. uh, because we needed to buy a Christmas tree for the new uh, oh, for the new yeah. house. So I was like, right, we're gonna go and get it. And I thought, oh, I'll sit and watch the first half of the 10 a.m. game before going out. And it was Palace against Leeds. And I turned around to the missus. I was like, this is my worst nightmare of a game. Like, I hate these teams. <laughs> I'm like, we're going out now. Like, <laughs> like, I did, I like, like, yeah, I just, I, did, I was like, let's just go. Got my keys. <laughs> let's not even worry about it. Um, final question uh, before we wrap on the century episode. Uh, we are now starting to get some genuine clamoring for Potter out. Uh, the big question is: is where are you sitting on the on that uh, campaign, so to speak? Are you are you fully in, fully out, or are you in that kind of watch and wait situation? I was waiting for you to ask this question. <laughs> I've been having a think all day. I was in the minority, I think I'd say, when I was one of the only few that wanted Hutton out um, when he did get sacked. I think. Um, we needed a change and I think we needed a new play style and I think that's what Potter's brought in and I think over the year and a half he's not been as good as you know he's he's changed his style we're playing better football I do enjoy watching Brighton play a lot more than what I enjoyed under Hewitt purely because the step up from the championship was a lot more and you know his style, style of play is very contrasting to Potter's Potter's is more attractive and it does bring better possession um, and more, you know, exciting games. However, do you think Hewton got lucky with uh, his results um, in the two seasons he was there? Because I'm looking at Potter now, I think we're creating more chances um, in front of goal and we haven't, you know, there's not as many chances on our goal. However, Hewton got the results, Potter isn't getting the results. And personally, I think that's a player thing. So that's where I stand it in. I'm fully Potter in. And I think it is down to the players. That That's my view. That's how I see it. Well, that's boring because I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> there's, no, there's no argument to be had. Um, I, I, I was actually, I don't know if you listened to the show back then, but I was in the same boat as you. I think it was the right time yep. to... Yep to let go of Hutton, love him, legend of the club, but he got to leave yeah, as a legend. It. Like he got to yes. leave as a legend. And I, I, I don't... was a bit disappointed with the, sorry to cut you off. I was oh, a bit good. disappointed with the way they did it. Yep. I can definitely understand that 100%. I think he deserved more than just like a peace out <laughs> with no like yeah. real goodbye. I think if they would have announced that he was done just before the final game, he could have got, you know what I mean? Like, I think that was probably yeah. what a lot of people hoped for, that we could have had a chance to thank him for what for what he'd done. Yeah, that's that's what we that's all we wanted, really. 
for me, I think that with Potter, I think, like you said, like he's he is struggling to find his best eleven, whereas Cuton definitely had a best eleven. Like mm-hmm. he was very consistent. Um, I think he's. I think, but I think, like you said, like it's a player thing. I think he's been given a very different set of tools. Um, you know, when you look at the investment, uh, you know, made in that first two years, so the two years on the Potter, it's very different. Um, you know, it's almost like Potter has been told, you know, like we've we've bought a lot of players that haven't quite made it. Like it's up to you to make them make it, hopefully. Um, and then this year with with the virus, you know, like they've decided that they they had two choices. They could either back him in the transfer market like a lot of teams did um, and risked it all because we know how bad it is for the, you know, monetary wise. Um, Or they could play the long game, which whenever you bring that up, you know, Tony's going to pick it (laughs) because he is, he is that kind of person. You can play the long game. You can, you know, keep yourself as safe as possible and prepare for, for every eventuality and hope that Potter can bring forward the best from, from a, a team that is all either already there or, you know, some shrewd investments like Welbeck and Lalana. And I think that, I think that if he would have spent a hundred million pound on players this year, this year and brought in a Watkins, a Ben Rama, uh, a Nunez, um, you know, a couple of players uh, and majorly spent some cash. I think at this point in time, I would be slightly more willing to allow some thought of the Potter out into my brain because you've spent a ton of money on him in the middle of a dangerous situation, but you haven't. And I think you've got to give him as much time as you can really like you've, you've trusted him enough to, to make it work. So make it work. And I I think that Tony, Paul, uh, Paul and obviously Dan, that they, they really like Potter. uh Um, And I, I don't, I don't see Potter out anytime soon. I don't think that's even in the question. Um, you know, it, it, is, it is a case of waiting. I think we need to look at January and see uh, how we're doing then. If we're sort of in, if we're in the bottom three, not picking up points, then I'll be worried. But the fact is, we are still picking up some points. You know, we're getting draws, we're not losing. But we need, you know, the thing that separates the good teams from the bad teams is the good teams will win the games that they deserve to win. The good teams will get something out of a game that they deserve to lose. You know, and yeah. at the moment we're not we're not doing either of those really. Um, we're playing well against the top six, not getting anything out of them. We're playing well against the bot, uh, you know, the bottom half of the table. We're getting a point out of them. We should be winning. Newcastle is the only exception. We were brilliant that day. Um, this is the most important season of our, you know, of our Premier League campaign this year with the COVID and everything. We need that money. You know, the, the club have already said they're struggling. They've already just started sending out the money back to season ticket holders. Maybe that's got a part to play in the transfer business this year. It, it's a strange one, but I think, you know, people really need to lower their expectations. We should be very happy if we finish 17. And we stay up on goal difference. We should be ecstatic with that. We that is what we're aiming. It's not what we're aiming for, but if that's how the season ends, that's we should be happy with that. We need to stay in the league, in the Premier League. If we go down now, then we're going to really struggle. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think that's the. Th- I know a lot of people are going well. Uh, you know, Tony said about being a top ten team, but like mm-hmm. he also he also didn't expect a pandemic. Like no. you've got it, you've got to understand for anybody who is Potter out, like you have to understand that this is not a normal year. This is essentially putting a total pause on every piece of progress we wanted to make and just, yep. you know, like let's focus on the here and now. And I don't know if you saw my tweet uh, just after the game, but uh, we yes, had, yeah, with those identical fixtures, we've actually won one more point this year. So mm-hmm. it may not feel like it, but like technically we actually are, doing better than last year. We're on six points from these games and we only had five last year. If we can continue that run, we're, you know, we're going to finish on more points than we had last year, which is definitely going to be safety. Um, yes. And for me, like that whole thing of like, well, stats don't tell the whole story, but like that does, like that does, unfortunately, like yeah, points, it points, does, it's yeah. points are points. Like that's, that's the only thing that matters in the end. 
And if we've got one more than we had last year, like that's that's the crucial piece of it. Um, so for me, I like, I agree. Potter has to stay. Um, I, I I also wonder who these people want to bring in. Like we already said, yeah, we don't have much there. money, so we're gonna end four or five coaching staffs, four or five year contracts, pay them yeah. out, and then get another manager in. Like, like if you it's want Big Sam, like you want to see how much money he's gonna cost you. If you want Big Sam, like <laughs> we can't afford Big Sam. We can't afford these players. These like you know these like tried and proven managers I saw that one might keep you calling up. for Pochettino. <laughs> <laughs> I love Pochettino. Don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I love Potter. I'd probably have him out in a heartbeat if Pochettino said he was coming to uh, Brighton. Look at the job he did at Southampton. But he's living in dreamland. You know what I mean? But, um, it, it, you know, I think it is, uh, as they keep saying, it is keep the faith. It really is, you know. The players, I'm, I'm glad the players are coming out on Instagram and, you know, and they're, and they're saying that they're not happy with the result. They say, good performance. We're going to work and get in the points. And I think that's all they can do. Potter's very popular with the players. They like his style of play. They enjoy working for him. And, you know, if we're in January, February time and we're sitting rock bottom, then maybe, yeah, questions need to be answered. But right now, give him the time. Give him the faith. You know, part of me wishes they would just go and spend 30 million on a 20-goal season striker. But obviously, we're not getting that anytime soon. It's such a massive risk as well. But, you know, we just got to hope that Mope, Welbeck, Connolly, you know, Zakiri, when he gets his chance, hopefully they can contribute and get some more goals. Yeah, I agree. Um, It's not the most entertaining conversation in the world because we both totally agree. But I think it's one that some people, I think it's something some people need to hear on a Monday morning. (laughs) (laughs) I think think people need to hear it, though. I think there's a lot of people that were very frustrated this weekend. And I think that maybe this will be enough to calm them down a little bit with an international break. I'm, I'm glad we had a couple of days to calm down as well. Obviously, we're recording this on the Sunday. So, you know, we've had time to look back. And I think, we, we said we we were pretty annoyed Friday. Yep. And I think we've got to give Burnley full credit. They defended superbly, as we expected. And I think we've got to credit the Brighton team as well. We didn't give them anything, purely because they were in their own half for the majority of the game. But that's where it's down to the players. And it was also down to Potter to work on different ways to break down teams. I think the only criticism I will give, well, it's not the only criticism. I've given some more criticism earlier in the podcast but the other criticism I will give is yes we had many shots and goals uh, on the goal but how many clear cut chances did we really have Friday it wasn't many it wasn't many at all yeah no I think it came back to like two big chances I think even statistically was was the one and Mm -hmm. one of them was the Lamptey one where he skied it over and I think the other one was the Pope save with, with Welbeck yeah so. I think we should just quickly mention VAR, Hamble. Did you think that was anything in that? I was saying this to someone on the day. It's frustrating because I've seen them given. Now, do I think yes. it should? Do I think it should be given? No. But do I get annoyed when it's inconsistent? Yes. Like if you're going to give three of those before this game and then not give us one, like that's that's wrong. Like you've got to be consistent either way. Like, I don't I think, like I think it. it's annoying but... as well, isn't it? You know, with yeah. the uh, Palace and Tottenham game, those two penalty decisions, even, even the Trossard one, it is ridiculous. You know, as I put out a tweet yesterday, it's not, VAR isn't the problem, it's the people in the control room. Yeah, it's the and same people that were always making the mistakes on the pitch. Like... Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. You can't blame the system. It's technology. You can't blame technology. You've got to blame the, the rules of the game. And the referees that are doing it, you know, you know, the referee in the Tottenham game couldn't even get, you know, Lamptey's goal should not count it. That that was, <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? It, it was a clear and obvious foul, and we're just sat there watching it. Like, well, we'll take it. I mean, we deserve it, but you know, it, it's crazy. It really is. They need. It's not just us as well. You know, every team's having VAR go for him, VAR go for him. You know, I think everyone's sick of VAR, but. Unfortunately, I think it's here to stay, but you know, it's some some proper. It's got to be sorted out properly. 
Otherwise, it's just going to continue and continue and continue. And people are really going to turn against VAR. Yeah. And I think that's the key thing. Like you said, like it's it's the same people protecting the refs. Like they're they're it's like a they're a union, right? Like they're not gonna they're not gonna want to throw the ref under the bus because they know next week that person could be on VAR and they don't want to look stupid like for being re- yep. like reviewed. But like it's not stupid. Like it's not stupid. It's technology. That's what it's there for. It's there to help you see something that you would never be able to see with the naked eye. Like these offside mm-hmm. calls, although I think they're stupid. Like all these handballs in the middle of the one. box. Uh, I didn't see it live, but I saw pictures of it. Yeah, uh, crazy, wasn't it? <laughs> it's just insane. Like, it's. I'm not sure what's crazier. To be fair, like that offside decision or the fact that Bielsa has got Bamford scoring in the Premier League as often as he is. <laughs> like, they said. They said Bamford uh, Bielsa was a genius, but I'm starting to buy into it if he can get Bamford converting as much as he is, um, even if they are consolation goals at the minute. Because he was, he, he was, was quality against Villa, wasn't he? He was, yeah. But I mean, before this, he was so bad. Even Leeds fans were oh, saying yeah. like they didn't want to see him in the Premier League. They were terrified of seeing him in the Prem. And now he's like bagging goals for fun. I do think he may be this year's Pookie, though. I think he may go off the boil in a couple of games from now, and then you won't see him again all season. Um, which might be good for us because if he's going to keep playing the same way that Pookie did. Uh, Leeds could be in big trouble, which I will always take. We uh, we want Palace and Leeds in trouble. That's how we like it. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I think that's everything then. Uh, yeah, that's, thank that's you so much for coming time. on. Number 100. Yeah, century is up. In the bag. Yep, nailed it. Um, thanks so much for coming on um, and You're enjoy welcome. the international break. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I will not. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the international break as well. Yes. <laughs> All right, cool. I will see you later, mate. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.